minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Thank you, Hashem Odani is right. That's a good message any time of year. Shalshelis Jr. with Elokai here at JM and the AM. Mordechai Shapiro's Ainanachnu. You heard Aita done by Avi Peretz, Simchaliner, and Vatama Rome. Hu Yivarech, Yonatan Sheinfeld, Blue Fringe with City of Gold, Zela Zeh, Michal Przanski, Ruven Garber, brand new with Nigun Hagaula, Kobe Brummer, brand new with Hashem Yishmar, and Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a Tuesday on this March 16th, day three in the month of Nissan, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph. We are one week away from the Aaron's Casino Farms presentation of our OU Pesach products program. That happens one week from today. Feel free to uh, send in your questions with the subject line Pesach. Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. That's where you can uh, send in your um, Pesach product questions. <sighs> One week away. We're also a week from Saturday night is the first Seder. If you're in Israel, a week from Saturday night is the only Seder. Um, Yuntif is uh, this coming, uh, it's actually, again, a week from Saturday night, and uh, a week from Friday is uh, Erev Shabbos HaGadol. How amazing is that? We are getting closer and closer to the big holiday of Pesach. <sighs> we certainly are. <laughs> I was at Aaron's Casino Farms yesterday, one of many pre-Pesach trips. I was actually pretty impressed with myself. I think the shopping list that I had had about 100 items on it, and I think I walked away with like 40, which which allows me to say that I made a dent, not a large dent, but a dent in the in the Pesach shopping. Yeah, I didn't make a large dent, but I made a, a dent, like a, a noticeable dent. Let's put it that way. A noticeable dent in the Pesach shopping. And also when um when your spouse writes on the list a product, right, that we need for Pesach, how do you know how many to buy? How do you know? Like, I'm guessing sometimes. Although that I did find out, the great Stacey Siegel did say to me last night that if there's no number, buy it. You could just get one. And I said, one? Like, you only need one of this? She said, yeah, I only need one. I said, wow. You know, Pesach, I think, like, everyone needs 10 of everything. I was happy to hear she only needed one. Yesterday was a big, uh, I was at Aaron's Casino Farms in uh, Queens, and yesterday was a big Dr. Brown soda day. It was a big grape juice day. <laughs> it was a big, what else did I have in that shopping cart? Hang on a second, the list is here somewhere. I had margarine in the shopping cart. I had matzah farfel in the shopping cart. Let's see what else I had there. 
Um, I bought for somebody else who asked me to buy for them uh, some potato kugels and uh, an apple kugel. So that made its way into the shopping cart. Macaroons, matzo meal. Boy, not enough. Crushed frozen garlic made it in. Not enough, though, made it in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't get 40% of this list. I may have gotten a lot less than 40%. Maybe that dent that I made is a lot less than I thought. I did get eggs. Yeah, I did get eggs. But that's going to be, you know, never enough eggs. And by the way, I was told yesterday you could use eggs after you <laughs> Even after Pesach, he could use eggs. So that's not a, that's not a, a wasteful purchase. That's what you try to guess. You try to guess what are you going to have a lot left over of after Yontif. That's the question. Like, I don't want to have too much left over of anything. But eggs is not a big deal. Who cares if you have eggs left over? But that's the question. What will you have too much left over of? These are the types of quandaries I go through as I spend my afternoon at Aaron's Casino Farms. My workday ended yesterday here in the studio about, well, I was here until about 2. And then I started my new day of trying to make a dent in the Pesach shopping. By the way, speaking of Pesach, and I thought of this as I made a dent, but, uh, but you know, it, it makes a dent in your wallet, as you know, Pesach shopping. Uh, no matter what, uh, no matter how little or how much you're buying, it's it's uh, it's a difficult time of year for a lot of people. With that in mind, we are reminding everybody in our audience that I am chairing the campaign to do as many good deeds as possible for people between now and Yuntif. And when they thank you for it, make sure to tell them to do something nice for somebody else. And sometimes that means actually helping people with their shopping, um, buying them a gift card and slipping it under their door or making sure that uh, next week they'll have dinner for their family, or paying their dry cleaning bill, or just doing something nice for people that, that are financially stable, but you know how difficult it is for large families to make it through Pesach, even if they're financially stable. So try your best to hop aboard and do something really nice for somebody, even if it's a small gesture. It'll make them feel great. And if you know someone who's going to be alone for Yuntif, uh, for whatever reason, or spending most of the time alone, maybe they'll have some meals, you know, uh, at different hosts, but if you know people who are spending a good time alone, a good time of Yontav alone, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a book you could buy for them, or maybe there's candy you could send to them, Erev Yontav, to make them, to let them know that people are thinking of them. Whatever it is that you could do, we are trying to get everybody out there to just keep other people in mind during this pre Yontav season, which can be so challenging and can be so all-consuming. And I thank those of you who've been inspired by these words and who have been seriously contemplating what they could do. A lot of people have been thinking, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> Listener Edie's thanking me <laughs> for the frozen cauliflower. Now, I think Edie actually does plan on reimbursing me for it, so I don't know why I get any credit for that, but okay. But thank you, Listener Edie. Listener Terry says she was in errands for the sixth time in four days, around 4 p.m. yesterday. I must have just missed you, Terry. I was back on Main Street about a quarter to four, so I guess I just missed you, yeah, uh, because I was at Aaron's before that. She was there for the sixth time in four days. Wow. I may make it back there today, especially if I could find another seagull to help me schlep stuff. I would make that a really uh, you know, heavy load day. If I could find a seagull to help me schlep today, whoo boy. The soda and grape juice category is going to be really full if I can if I could find someone to help me schlep. 
Maybe even some cases of seltzer. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. And I may actually go over to Pearl at the wine store if I have someone to, to schlep with me. Yeah, this. if I have a – I, I don't want to call them a schlepper, God forbid. But if I have someone who is a who, who who is going to agree to shop and schlep with me today, I may try to make this my last heavy stuff day. Seltzer, soda, grape juice, wine. Yeah, I may try very hard to make this the final day of uh, you know the heavy stuff. I have to think about this, boy. Pesach shopping? You think Pesach cleaning is tough? You think vacuuming the car is difficult? Planning out the shopping is a killer. And then another question. When do you start getting the onions and potatoes? When do you buy the produce? You don't want to do any of that till next week, right? You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see a need to buy any of the produce until next week. Yesterday I started, uh, when I was at Aaron's Casino Farms, I started on the, uh, on the cheeses, the salamis, you know, things that are food items, but they're not going to be spoiling between now and Yontif. I like this, by the way. This is very cathartic for me. Thank you for listening to my whole my whole shopping experience. This is very cathartic. <laughs> very, uh, very, very helpful to say the least. Anyway, now that I mean, now that Terry tells me how often she's been to errands, I gotta catch up. I got a lot of catching up to do. No wonder I only made a dent. I was there once. I need to go there six times to make real progress. Um Anyway, a listener, Yiddy, says, good morning. Any concerts happening in Colomoid? Would anyone know the answer? That's a good question. We're also looking for concert information. I was told yesterday, I was told yesterday there is some type of event going on Thursday, April the 1st. I don't think it was an April Fool's joke. I think it's real. April the 1st, Thursday, Colomoid. Apparently, there's something. Now, I don't know if this is a planned online event, like we're getting used to the last couple of Colomoids, or if it's a real in-person event. But that's so far all that I was told. And we'll see if we get more information about Cholomoid activities over the next uh, few days. Oh, Terry, that's why Terry's been there so often to errands. Now I get it because she's flying tonight back to Israel. She says the drinks are too heavy for her luggage, but Dr. Brown's did make the cut, but no other sodas made it into the suitcase. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Dr. Brown's fans wants to make sure that uh, <laughs> Dr. Brown's fans want to make sure they have it no matter where in the world they'll be for Yontif. Listener Mensch says, does Aaron's have A&H products? Well, yeah. You may be asking that sarcastically since I always mention that A&H is available at Aaron's. In fact, yesterday I got home. I took the really large two-pound salami that I bought, the A&H two-pound salami. I immediately started hanging it on my on my porch. So that's going to start drying. I was shocked. The one I got last week is like really, not really completely dry, but it really has a, a great dry texture to it already. So yeah, we'll be hanging some of those salamis to enjoy over Holomoid. And, uh, you know, when you're desperate for a Shabbos afternoon snack on uh, Shabbos HaGadol, I think that's what, I think that's the direction I'm going in. I think that's the direction I'm going in. Once you can't eat challah or matzah, um, during the day, uh, Shabbos uh, Erev Pesach, Shabbos HaGadol. That might be the uh, the preferred afternoon snack on um, on Erev Shabbos, on Erev Yontav, on Shabbos HaGadol. 
the delicious A and H salamis. I might go in that direction. Yeah, that is a good. People should. That's right. That's a good suggestion in general. Um, this listener says nothing better than be called a schlepper. How many shopping bags did each of us Jews schlep out of Egypt? I don't know. And what color were the shopping bags that they used when they left Egypt? That's what I'd like to know. And was and were they one pound boxes of matzahs? Two pound? I don't see the two pounders much anymore. Does anybody see those two pound boxes of matzah anymore? Of the hand matzah? I don't see many of those anymore. They all seem to be one pounders. I'll have to pay more attention to it when I go when I go to Aaron's. They have a whole uh, section there with the hand matzahs. I just didn't notice what the story is in terms of the uh, sizes because my matzahs were delivered already. Um. Anyway, so that's the story. It's uh, getting close to Pesach. A week away from our Pesach show. Great Adventure is coming up. People asked about the concerts. Uh, there will not be any concerts at Great Adventure this uh, time around, but just the fact that they are open, just the fact that New Jersey NCSY is back at Six Flags for Cholomoid Pesach 2021. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Cholomoid. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Koshal Pesach food available from Riverdale Kosher Market with a full menu available Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I mean, you, you have an amazing opportunity to get out and do something. And remember the fund, when you speak to the people at New Jersey NCSY, you could actually tell them, I'd like to purchase tickets for underprivileged families who don't have the money to go to Six Flags. Let me you know, help them have a great Cholomoid activity. You could do that, and we'll talk more about that with our baby August later this week here at JM the AM. The website, ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galay, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. 31 degrees, some clouds, maybe a shower this morning, a high of 44, maybe a shower tonight, low 39, and tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high of 51 degrees. Yerushalayim right now at 63. We're at 31 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Speaking of Israel, Professor Yonatan Alevi will join us from Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. We'll get an update on what's happening in Yerushalayim and in Israel in general with the whole thing, meaning COVID-19 and the vaccinations, etc. And plenty more here on a, a Tuesday at JM and the AM. And Rabbi Grossman, Migdal Haemek, Rabbi Grossman, tomorrow morning on JM and the AM. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. news, 1 p.m. newscast next. Galay Tzal, Yerushalayim, Ashaachat, הקטל בדרכים. גבר בשנות השלושים לחייו נהרג מפגיעת מסעית בכביש שבע, ממחלף גדרה לכיוון סורק. כתבנו רמי שנים עושר שצוות מדה פינה אותו לבית החולים קפלן ברחובות, ולאחר פעולות החייאה נקבע מותו. שבוע בדיוק לבחירות, יושב ראש יש עתיד יאיר לפיד קרא לפני שעה קלה, אי אפשר להחליף שלטון בלי מפלגת שלטון גדולה, נתניהו הוא בן ערובה של סחטנים וקיצוניים. אם מישהו רוצה להצביע מרץ, שיצביע מרץ. חשוב שהם יעברו את אחוז החסימה. מעבר לזה, עם כל הכבוד לכל חישובי הגוש, אי אפשר להחליף שלטון בלי מפלגת שלטון גדולה. נתניהו מנסה להסתיר מהציבור את נקודת החולשה הכי גדולה שלו. הרכב הממשלה היחיד שיש לו. ליצמן, דרעי, סמוטריץ', בן גביר. חסידי הרוצח ברוך גולדשטיין שקוראים לשחרור הרוצח יגאל עמיר.
ויושב ראש ש"ס אריה דרעי הגיב על הדברים ואמר לאמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל, למרות שלפיד ניסה להסתיר שהוא נגד החרדים, הפרצוף האמיתי שלו מתגלה. שמח שסוף סוף הפרצוף מתחיל להתגלות, הוא ניסה להסתיר את עצמו בשבועות האחרונים. הוא ניסה לשלוח מסרים ושדרים לא נגד החרדים, והוא בעד מסע השיסוי והשנאה שליברמן עושה ממשלה בלי חרדים. ויאיר לפיד לא אומר מילה אחת על השותף הבכיר שלו שקראת איתו ברית. וחבר הכנסת מתן כהנא מימינה תקף את יושב ראש תקווה חדשה גדעון סער ואמר, הוא לא בשל להיות ראש ממשלה. גדעון סער הוא פוליטיקאי מיומן ומשופשף, אבל הוא לא בשל ההנהגה. מי שבשנה הכי קשה לא היה איתנו ורק עסק בחיפוש חומרים מכפישים על בנט. אם הוא יוכל להיות חלק מהממשלה שבנט יקים, התשובה היא כן, אבל הוא לא יכול להיות ראש ממשלה. ועדת הכספים אישרה הבוקר העברה תקציבית בסכום כולל של כ-2 מיליארד שקל למשרד הבריאות להתמודדות עם משבר הקורונה. נציג משרד האוצר רועי רייכר חשף כי עד כה הוצאו יותר מ-2 מיליארד שקלים וחצי על עסקאות להבאת חיסונים. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה, ניתאי ענבי, שמע אותו. סך העסקאות עד כה היו 2.6 מיליארד שקלים. וזה כל החיסונים, זה החיסונים גם של פייזר וגם של מודרנה והחיסונים הבריטיים האלה שיש לגביהם עכשיו בעיה באירופה, אנחנו גם הזמנו? כן, יש כרגע מספיק חיסונים שהם לא של החברה הזאת כדי לחסן את כלל האוכלוסייה. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מזכירה שישראל סיכמה עם חברת פייזר על אספקה של עוד מיליוני מנות חיסון שמגיעות במשלוחים שבויים לארץ בימים אלה. בית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים גזר שלוש וחצי שנות מאסר על אברהם לשם שהורשע בביצוע מעשה מגונה. מחוץ לאולם בית המשפט הפגינו עשרות אנשים נגד ההחלטה לא להרשיע אותו באונס. מדווח כתבנו לענייני משפט איתי שריג. לשם הואשם באונס ילדה בת ארבע וחצי, אך לבסוף הורשע בביצוע מעשה מגונה, ונגזרו עליו שלוש וחצי שנות מאסר וקנס של חמישים אלף שקלים. מחוץ לבית המשפט המחוזי התאספו מפגינים שקראו להרשיע את לשם באונס. מהפרקליטות נמסר שהם שוקלים לערער על פסק הדין של בית המשפט. תלמיד בן 15 נפצע באורח בינוני במהלך קטטה בבית ספר תיכון ברמלה. מדווח כתבנו לענייני חינוך, דורון קדוש. תלמיד תיכון ברמלה, שלף ככל הנראה סכין, אוכף את צחד אחר במהלך קטטה עם אחד מחבריו ללימודים, בשטח בית הספר ובמהלך יום הלימודים. הנער שנדקר נפצע באורח בינוני בפלג גופו העליון. צוות מגן דוד אדום שהגיע לזירה העניק לו טיפול רפואי, ופינה אותו לבית החולים שמיר אסף הרופא, שם הוא מטופל בדקות אלה. מזג האוויר, ירידה בטמפרטורות, בעיקר בהרים ובפנים הארץ, והן תהיינה רגילות לעונה, ייתכן טפטוף עד גשם מקומי קל, בעיקר בצפון הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Take care. 
J.M. in the A.M. I.A. is done by uh, Ruven Garber, and that's brand new here at J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. It's Tuesday, 16th of March, a third of Nissan, getting closer and closer to the big holiday, a week away from the uh, Aaron's Casino Farms presentation of our OU Pesach Products program. We'll have a full panel. Your questions, of course. If you have a question you want to get to us in advance, just send it to Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M at Nahum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Oh, one of our listeners says that Schatzer has two-pound boxes of matzah. Yeah, it could be. I just haven't seen him. J.A. Mora, Nahum, once again, I'm drinking my coffee of the day and listening to the salami. <laughs> Is that considered m- mixing milk and inflation? Well, virtually you probably are. <laughs> 
But I wouldn't worry about that. I don't think there are any practical halachic implications, frankly. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Um, yeah, so we're getting closer to the holiday, a week away from our Pesach products program. Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. Put in the subject line Pesach with your question. And again, the holiday a week from uh, this coming Saturday night. Shabbos next week is Shabbos HaGadol and Erev Pesach. How do you like that? What a combination. Who would have thunk it? And I think I think it happens again where Shabbos is Erev Pesach in 2025. I have to check with her by Heber. I think it's four years from now it happens again. And then after that, it won't happen for another 20 years which will prompt a lot of young people in that era to ask, what, this could actually happen where you could have Shabbos be Erev Pesach? I remember when I was a kid, it had not happened in 20 years. I think it was 1974, and the prior time it happened was 1954, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I remember the shock, you know. I was a little kid and asking, what? How is this possible that Shabbos could be Erev Pesach? Well... Get set to experience it again, everybody. And uh, it's unique. It's unique. It's different. And uh, it's certainly interesting, that's for sure. And we'll have that experience coming up next week. My name is Whoa, There we go. Uh, so that's the story with that. I remind you that our friends at Partners in Torah are encouraging everybody out there to become a mentor and help people in our community who want to learn more about our tradition and heritage. It is something that... Uh, is easier to do than you think. All you naysayers who think it's impossible, it's easier than you think. Contact partners in Torah and change someone else's life and at the same time change your own life, especially this time of year when a lot of people want to learn more about the upcoming holiday. Partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, or 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. And when you go to Aaron's Casino Farms, do what I said earlier. Make sure you uh, grab some of those A&H salamis. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H, and uh, you will be pleased. I don't want to say surprised. That's not fair because they do it every year. But you'll be pleased with how many Kushal Pesach products they have, the hot dogs, the uh, the salamis, uh, so much of the different the meats, the corned beef pastrami, etc., all from A&H. Check it out. Abel's and Hyman offers you a, a 10% discount with promo code radio at kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net, and offers you delicious food available at great kosher supermarkets nationwide. Check out. A&H today. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Did it 
Sal 
Sidur Pesach. I saw that listed as someone's favorite uh, Pesach song recently in one of those uh, surveys. It's a good one. Chasal Sidur Pesach, Levonefesh, a classic here at JM in the AM. Mordechai Shapiro's brand new Vihisha Amda, Sibat Hasibot, that's brand new from Ishai Rebo. Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman together with Mika Amcha, and you heard Aye, brand new from Ruvain Garber. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebnevis of Levi, and the Zechonishmas Esther Basavis of Levi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. There was extreme hunger that existed in the work camps during the Second World War. There was a group of young Avrechim. Unfortunately, they were forced to eat food that was not kosher. They didn't want to eat it. They despised every spoonful. They ate as little as possible, just enough to survive. After the war, they went to the great tzaddik, Reb Chaim Meir of Vizhnitz. He was the author of the Imre Chaim. They asked for a seder tshuva, rectification, for eating from the non-kosher kitchen. One of the young men related to the Vizhnitzer what had taken place, and when the great Sadiq heard the question, he broke out in bitter tears. He began to pace back and forth in his room, completely overwhelmed by his emotion. For over half an hour, he couldn't be calmed down. Suddenly, the Rebbe grabbed the Avrech. With an emotional plea, he exclaimed, What are you asking? To do tshuva? To repent? For what you ate in that Gehenim? Listen to me, my son. When you go to the Basin Shomayla, when you go to the heavenly court, after 120 years, they're going to check your file. Meritorious? Or God forbid, those things that a person becomes chayev, obligated for. You show them these files of the days that you had to eat the non-kosher food. Those days will shine for you like the light of the seven days of creation. In those days, it was not only permissible to eat what you were given, but without any doubt, it was a mitzvah and an obligation. In fact, eating the non-kosher food was comparable to the one who would eat from the carbon 
Pesach, at the time of the Beis Hamikdash, and perhaps even greater. The Imre Chaim concluded, I am jealous of you, you young men, you Kedoshim. Halavai, I would have my chilek together with you in the world to come on the fact that you will receive schar, great reward for all of the days that you ate. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Shmiya Shalom Nevada
J.M. in the A.M., Eitan Katz here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. By the way, tomorrow morning, Rabbi Grossman's going to join us from Israel. There is a brand-new biography about him uh, that is coming out literally later today from Art Scroll. <laughs> so we will speak with him, which is a rare opportunity for us. We'll speak with him tomorrow morning here at J.M. the A.M. Also, Rabbi Spiro, who has a brand-new book already out from Art Scroll, To Light a Spark, he's going to join us. Tomorrow morning late, like uh, 8.40 tomorrow morning here at JM the AM. So the great guests just keep on coming. We have another great guest uh, with us live via telephone right now. We've been telling you about JOMA, the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association, and the incredible job that they are doing through networking, education, and mentorship in so many different areas of our community. They have taken a special interest in COVID-19 and vaccinating our community. I mean, they'd like to vaccinate every community, frankly, but they're concentrating on ours. Uh, and if you go to their website, joma.org, there is a tab at the top of the page that says Patient EDU for patient education. And right there, you'll find their podcast. You'll find their COVID-19 analysis, et cetera, et cetera. There's plenty there to look at and um, to use in order to get educated regarding the vaccine. Uh, Dr. Alyssa Minkin is with us live via telephone. Uh, she ser- serves as chair of the JOMA Preventative Health and hosts JOMA's podcast, which provides health education gear to the Orthodox community. She also produces the JOMA Preventative Health Hotline, which is 929-4-GESUNT. I'm not joking. That's the number. 929-4-GESUNT. She's a board-certified pediatrician in Oceanside, attended Johns Hopkins, followed by uh, NYU School of Medicine. And um, she's an active member of the Haredi Health Coalition, which serves as a liaison between New York City's Department of Health and the Haredi community. The podcast that we mentioned has released 19 episodes covering COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccination, including uh, recent episodes on the topic, with a whole bunch of interesting interviews with the personalities in the medical world. Uh, Dr. Minkin's public health efforts on behalf of the Orthodox community have been featured in numerous Orthodox media outlets 
including Mishpacha Magazine, Wellspring Magazine, and now JM in the AM. Dr. Alyssa Minkin, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. 19 podcasts. Is there that much to say about COVID-19? Well, there'll be 20 this week. <laughs> There's a lot to say. <laughs> and you cannot, and, and, and so far you're not wanting for uh, for topics, huh? No, no. I mean, we do a lot of other topics as well, but right. we definitely have a strong focus. I mean, this is what's happening right now. Yeah, well, that's for sure. And now, of course, uh, one of the efforts that we're trying to uh, spearhead and uh, and follow, really, in your organization's, uh, your organization's lead is the one about vaccinations in our community. Uh, I don't know how this compares, and by this I mean the COVID-19 vaccination effort, how this compares with general vaccination efforts in our community. In general, there are segments in our community that are not receptive, and I'm talking about you know flu shots and also required, mm-hmm. shot, required shots for school. Uh, there, there are uh, many people in our community and segments of our community uh, that have never adjusted um, to uh, following the rule of vaccination. Number one, has that changed at all, especially with your organization's efforts? And have you noticed when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine that people in our community are a bit more receptive? Well, first of all, it's not just our community. I mean, I, I think that the news likes to show us not vaccinating. They like to show us, you know, doing a lot of things in an unfavorable light. And I think, unfortunately, the Jews, um, including the Orthodox Jews, are, are an easy scapegoat. Um, but the truth is, this is a universal phenomenon of people with what's called now politely vaccine hesitance. Um, there's actually a spectrum between vaccine hesitance and what we call anti-vax or true anti-vaccine um, ideas. And I don't really think that it's different. I think it exists in our community and it exists in all communities. I think there is a um, another segment that is more anti, you know, more hesitant to vaccines because of of our history, you know, similar to right. other minority groups. Right. But we, we shouldn't say that this is our community and just our community. That's uh, the most important thing. Understood. Right, number one. And number two, yes, of course it's different with the COVID vaccine. It's a new vaccine, and it uses technology we're not familiar with. So there is more hesitance with that vaccine, for sure. Um, how much does education help? I know that ignorance has been responsible, unfortunately, for a lot of disasters in our community. We saw that when it came to adhering to guidelines a year ago, and even you know, even less than a year ago. Um, uh, ignorance sometimes can uh, can lead to some really tough situations when it comes to uh, trying to take care of oneself or or not trying, depending again on the attitude of the person. But um, how much does the education help as you as you do all these podcasts, as these seminars are planned, and people you know zoom in or in person find out more and more information? Do you get the feeling? that the people you just described in our community are ready to turn a corner, are ready to, to give this, excuse the uh, pun, a shot at, uh, at using the vaccine and, and hoping that you know, it will change things for their family. So first of all, it's not simply that people don't know, it's that they don't trust. And there's a whole other issue with lack of trust, which we should understand right now because we've had a lot of mixed messaging, to say it nicely from our big organizations, right, like the CDC, for example. So you have to build trust. And that takes time. 
and everybody's different. It's not that you can make a uniform, okay, we're going to tell people and they're going to do it. It doesn't work like that. You have to build trust, and there's going to be a whole spectrum. So there are people who you give a little piece of information to, and they're like, wow, that was what I was worried about, and now I'm not. And I've certainly heard that from people. There are other people that no matter what you say, you will never convince them. Their minds are made up. And that is not the segment we're looking for. We're not trying to change yeah. the minds of the anti-vax. I get that. Dr. Alyssa Minkin is with us. Information about all this, go to the JOMO website, Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. Click on the patient EDU tab and learn more about the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, we're getting to a point where it is possible that one is going to be restricted from certain activities if they are not vaccinated, of a certain age, obviously. It may be that they will not allow you to fly internationally without proof of vaccine. It might even mean that you won't be able to fly within this country without proof of vaccination. And I wonder what's going to happen with the um, with the younger set uh, um, of, um, you know, our children in our community, you know, will they be required to add another vaccination to the list when September rolls around? Will they be allowed in school if their own adults, if their own parents and adults in their family are not vaccinated? I mean, these have to be issues that people are thinking about right now. Oh, of course. Now, there's a two different things you said. One is, is rules for, um, for example, international travel, right. um, for adults. And then you kind of put in mandating school vaccines. Right. School vaccines aren't going to be mandated anytime soon. This is under an emergency use authorization. It hasn't been um, studied. It's in the process of being studied on younger children, but we do not have data to say Mm. that this is safe for children. So it cannot be mandated. I know a lot of people, I've seen people who were afraid of it before the vaccines were even out, by the way. (laughs) They came into my office crying, they're going to mandate it for children. And I'm like, there's no vaccine yet. and that, by the way, is the work of the anti-vaccine world, terrifying people before there was even a vaccine available. Right. Um, now, in terms of mandates for international travel, um, I do see this as happening. I see that as being mandated for the workforce for adults. Um, and that is because people are not going, if they're not going to choose to vaccinate, that's what's going to have to happen. I personally am not for mandates. I wish people would choose. I wish people would get the information and make a good choice. But... Um, I think that's going to happen. And it's interesting because I had someone tell me who was hesitant to get the vaccine. She said, I'm waiting for them to mandate it. But I, I need a little kick in the rear end. <laughs> <laughs> they, they want the government to, to put the hammer down. <laughs> well, yes, because people who are hesitant are often just anxious and they just can't make up their mind. Right. And that's what happened with the vaccines for school. Um, you know, they ended up being being mandated because not enough people were choosing yes to make it safe for children to go to school. Right. And I'm not going pro-mandates pro here. Um, I'm not. I want people to choose. I want people to have the freedom to choose. But I, unfortunately, the anti-vaccine world is going to lead us to mandates right. by convincing enough people not to vaccinate. By the way. They're fault. <laughs> right. By the way, I should make it clear that on March 11th, this past Thursday, I had my second vaccination. And I think that... Mazel tov. Thank you. I, I think one of the reasons that people are... Um, are hesitant or why this gets bad publicity is is the supposed side effects or after effects. Now, I did, in all seriousness, I did, uh, after my first vaccine, I, I just didn't feel great for a week. You know what I mean? Like, I went to work, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody out there would have realized I wasn't feeling well, but it was really hard to get out of bed that week, et cetera. And, that's a, and now, thank God, the second vaccine, I mean, you know, Friday morning, I, I felt a drop 
you know, like I, I realized I wasn't a hundred percent myself. I don't think anybody else did. And since then, thank God I've been fine. But you know, when it comes, but and, so, compare it to the flu shot, compare it to, I don't know, the, there are other vaccines available now. Shingles is available. Pneumonia is available. I mean, do all these also have minor side and after effects or is it only COVID-19 that has this almost guaranteed that something's going to feel not right afterwards? I mean, first of all, it's not almost guaranteed, number one. Number two, it's interesting. Did you have COVID already? No. Oh, because they, they say that the likelihood of more side effects of this vaccine is when you've had COVID into the second when you haven't. Oh, That's what we're observing so far, because it would be like this. The first dose would be your booster. Anyway, mm, um, interesting. the shingles vaccine is noted for prominent side effects. Wow. Um, but a lot of the vaccines don't have as as um, prominent side effects as the COVID vaccine. It is true that you can get, for example, fever, headache. Right. You can feel like you have the flu for like a day. It does happen. It happened to me. And my reaction was, yes, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the arm pain, of course, is a reminder that you had it also, right? <laughs> yes, and every time I touch them, I'm like, yes, something's happening. The mRNA is doing something. <laughs> I like that. All right, so you have, you have a very positive attitude in the aftermath of the vaccine. <laughs> I, I do because there's no comparison to COVID. I mean, yes, you might be lucky and get no symptoms to COVID, right. but you can get very sick from COVID, and you can have long-term side effects yep. of COVID. So to me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, – funny, wrong word, but it's interesting that um, one of the reasons we don't know what can happen to people down the road, the long-term effects that you just alluded to – Mm-hmm. Is because we haven't been there yet, right? It's only been a short right. a short road so far, and I right. I fear and I I pray that it doesn't happen because I know a lot of people who I'm you know who I'm really fond of who had COVID, and I really hope that down the road they're you know they're not adversely affected and that they because I, I I have a close friend who had a really really serious case of COVID early on, until this day. He's not 100% right and still has breathing problems. Right. And you hear, and you just wonder, you know, what will all of this, uh, what, what will the, the difficulty that one goes through now, how is that going to affect one down the road? Right. Well, that's, that's the thing. When people are worried about long-term side effects, they say, right. but we already know there's long-term side effects of COVID. We can see it with our eyes. Yeah. And so you're making a risk-benefit decision. To me, like I said, it's a no-brainer. Do you think we'll need a vaccine next year again or not? Like I think th- we're going to need a booster because we have the variants, you know, the muta- mm-hmm. mutations out there already. But it's funny so because, I mean, I mean, I come from a background where, you know, you automatically, unless you're just lazy, you automatically get a flu shot every year. Like, you know. So, right. So the flu is different from COVID. The flu changes more rapidly than COVID changes. So it, it's more difficult to uh, vaccinate for the flu than it's been for COVID. And thank God for that. No, I, know, we're really having more effective vaccines for COVID than for the flu. Yeah, but I'm sort of saying it from a different angle, from the consumer mm-hmm. angle, not the medical angle. Like you're used to it. Yeah, you're I'm used. I'm used, to, I'm used to it. I, I I get its side effects. I made the biggest mistake of getting my flu shot this year at 5 p.m. Erev Sukkot, so first day of no. I, I, I was terrible. <laughs> it was such a stupid mistake. So I felt awful the entire first day of. But, oh no. But aside from that, like that, you know, every, and everyone who gets it knows what to expect from it. Uh, right. if, if you're saying that the that the that that it's, that the COVID nineteen um, disease in general is not as ever changing as the flu, that might indicate we're going to be ending up taking that vaccine less often, right? We may. We just don't know. We just right. don't know. And also, those who think that that summer camps, I'm just going back now to the school thing for a moment because it struck a chord with me. Because people have said to me, "Oh, you're going to see summer camps are going to be required." 
to vaccinate everybody either before or during the summer in anticipation of the following school year. Based on what you're saying, that's not true at all. They're not going to insist not on for children. Right, they the, can't. including teenagers, right? Including teenagers won't be, uh, right? So the vaccine is approved for one of them is 16, one of them is 18. I think the Pfizer is 16 and the Moderna is 18. I'm not sure about the Johnson & Johnson. Um, so if it's approved, camps can say it's required. Camps can make a rule. You know, they're camps. Right. They may want their counselors to be vaccinated to protect. Right, but that's but that's camp, staff. But the younger teens would never apply to. You're saying that's what you right. That's what you're making right, and that, that you're making clear. And you're making that clear for us, which I appreciate. Right. Because a lot right. of people, I'm sure, are concerned about that. All right. Um, Doctor Alyssa Minkin is with us uh, live via telephone. We are talking about the uh, uh, incredible work that Joma's doing. Uh, I do encourage everybody to check out their podcasts. Uh, I encourage those who are in agreement with the people on this call that we need to get to a point where more and more people in our community are vaccinated. And we need to educate people who are questioning and wondering and are worried about and concerned about the vaccine. We need to educate them as to why it's a good idea uh, for the adults in their family to go ahead and get uh, and to get vaccinated. Uh, for more information, go to the JOMA website, J-O-W-M-A.org, J-O-W-M-A.org, the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. Click on Patient EDU. The aforementioned podcast and uh, the COVID-19 response information is under that tab, Patient EDU. Uh, Dr. Minkin, anything else you'd like to add? Well, I would say it's not just education. I think it's communication. Right. Right. Because it's not that people don't know. Often they're scared. Right. So we're here to have those conversations, not to judge and not to tell people, but to communicate. And uh, one of our prior guests um, made a point to mention that everybody they know in the medical community has been vaccinated. Like you, mm-hmm. like you can't even find anybody who's most familiar with this. And that's obviously people on the front lines like yourself, who's most familiar with the way this stuff works. You can't find anybody who doesn't think it's a good idea to get right. vaccinated. I, right. I, I cried when I got my vaccine, and I'm waiting for my adult children to get it. Whichever one they take, by the way, that's one other thing I want to add, is that right now I don't think it's time to make spreadsheets. I think the first vaccine that you can get, that you can get in your arm, is the one to get. I feel guilty, by the way, that I didn't get emotional during the vaccine. I was just happy. I was just happy that that's, it was That's like, emotion. That's an emotion. Yeah, that's a good one. So. Also, my vaccine at the Javits Center, I posted this on Facebook, was administered by the uh, great-granddaughter of Rav Shmuel, uh, of Rav Shmuel, um, a Salant, Rav Shmuel Salant of Israel, of Yerushalayim. Wow. Yeah. Is that funny? Wow. With all that's the, awesome. With all the people that I could have ended up with, is that funny? Did that happen like that? Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I think your group or one of the groups that that, that deal with uh, with Jewish nurses actually shared that post. Uh, but it was really funny. I mean, this is uh, this was a woman who's relatively unfamiliar with uh, our tradition, but proudly told me who her great-grandfather was, which was really cool. Anyway. Oh, that's lovely. So there you go. You see, you see the so va- nice. the vaccination process actually was a highlight for me. It was actually Wow. <laughs> so there good you for have. you and good for her. I appreciate that. You never know who you're going to meet at the Javits Center is the lesson from all this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for all your work. Best regards, everybody at Joma. And let us hope that uh, you and me and everybody out there who's trying our best to get everybody in our community vaccinated are successful. Have a high kosher v'sameach, and thanks for joining you us. Too. Thank you. Be well. Much appreciated. Dr. Alyssa Minkin, everybody. And um, doing a lot of stuff between the podcast and the 
and the different uh, meetings and lectures that uh, that Joma's putting together, a lot of material going out and, and being distributed and being disseminated regarding the importance of uh, getting vaccinated. And let us hope that... Uh, let us hope that more and more people understand that the medical community, and I think that may be the most important point, by the way, the people most familiar with how these vaccines work. I get the whole libertarian thing and the whole I have a right not to get it. I Believe me, I get the whole thing. And I get the distrust. I, I know that there's some sensitive topics out there. But when every single person in the community who is involved in the world of medicine and you can't find a dissenting voice that it's not a good idea to take it. You got to think about that. This was the post that I put on Facebook. <laughs> I wrote, got second vaccine today at Javits, Baruch Hashem. Nurse was great, great granddaughter of Shmuel Salant of Jerusalem. Anyone else out there with enviable vaccine yichus? <laughs> I came up with a new term, enviable vaccine yichus. I'm so proud of myself. Tuesday morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and alchemsegal.com and the alchemsegal network and of course on the beloved nsn app rabbi grossman tomorrow here at jm in the am yes all the way from migdala amek he's going to be joining us tomorrow the brand new book about his life is expected out tomorrow go to artscroll.com again go to artscroll.com always use promo code radio you might be looking for one of the new Haggadahs. You might be looking for well, you might be looking for anything for Pesach. Brand new Moxer, whatever the case is. And of course, all the brand new books, including the one about Rabbi Grossman, including the one written by Rabbi Spiro, because we're going to speak to Rabbi Spiro uh, tomorrow as well. Go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Simple as that. Go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Simple as that. I mentioned earlier I've been spending some time at Aaron's Casino Farms. If you want to hear a funny routine, check out about an hour ago. I was talking about it on the air. Pretty funny <laughs> about Pesach shopping and attempting to make a dent, a dent on the Pesach list. Not easy, let me tell you. Even a dent is not easy. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'll tell you. Um, anyway, Aaron's Casino Farms, if you're looking for some... Uh, if, if, if you're looking for an incredible Pesach superstore, they basically have transformed their supermarket, Aaron's Casino Farms, into a uh, an amazing Pesach superstore. Check it out. And uh, as I said earlier, all the Kushala Pesach A&H products are there, so you can enjoy some great salamis and delicious hot dogs over Yuntif. It's all there. And Aaron's Casino Farms brings you our um brings you our um OU presentation of the Pesach Products program next Tuesday, a week from today. A week from today, our Pesach Products program. One week from today, our Pesach Products program. So make sure to uh be tuned in if you have a specific question for our panel for next week. You can email it, nachum at nachumsegal.com, nachum at nachumsegal.com. Put in the subject line, Pesach. Our friends at shopeichlers.com have announced that their Talasim sale is on. 
The big Tala sale between now and the 21st of March is on at shopeichlers.com. That means 15% off on every Talus, traditional, every type of background and minig Talus, no matter what your no matter what your minig is in terms of how you wear your Talus and Sitsis, they've got it. They of course have some specialty designer Talasim as well. Check it all out. Go to uh, shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com, 15% off between now and the 21st on all Talasim. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, remember, they have same-day delivery to Bar Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Shopeichlers.com. The Talasim sale has begun. Check it out and enjoy. Uh, yes, yes, yes. What else do I have to remind you? Oh, one last thing before we go back to the music. One last thing. And we'll talk more about the Chesed campaign, and we'll talk about the 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 um, reason why it's a great idea to buy tickets to Six Flags for other families. But right now, let's celebrate the fact that Six Flags Great Adventure will be open. Cholamoy, we talk about differences between last Pesach and this Pesach. Shul number of people at the Seder, you know, getting out and do, actually doing something. Six Flags will be open Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday, Chol Hamoid. Go to ncsygreatadventure.com, 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 and check out the schedule. They'll have Kosher Pesach food, Riverdale Kosher Market will be doing that on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they'll be open uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from uh, 10 till 7. 10 until 7. All the information at ncsygreatadventure.com and later in the week when Rabbi Wialgus joins us, we'll talk about the fund to get um, so that people can buy tickets for families that would never be able to afford a Six Flags trip during Cholamoid. But it's back, Baruch Hashem. Kids will be able to go and have a good time during Cholamoid, which as we've described a million times is really, really important. No joke. So Baruch Hashem for that. More coming up. It is a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. I'm 
J.M. in the A.M. Dovi Shapiro with that one. Here at J.M. in the A.M. It's called Lech Alzeh. Um, someone, a, a couple of interesting comments on the app. And I want to thank everybody who's uh, in touch via the app. First of all, a big, big hello <laughs> to this listener. Good morning, Nahum. Listening from University of Connecticut in Stores, Connecticut. It's funny. I just saw a report on them last night. Um... And yes, the university's open since January. We end in person April the 10th as planned. I'm a mashkiach in the kosher kitchen here, about 30 minutes up from Hartford toward Massachusetts. Thanks for doing the show for so many years. I remember listening to your show in sixth grade on the bus on the way to Labavitch Yeshiva on Ocean Parkway. Is that ULY, where I, which I passed yesterday? Is that ULY? Oh, Sunday. Sunday I passed it. Um, even morning chizuk was on at 7.30 a.m. back then. Oh, yes, it was. Wow, thank you so much for that. Listener Ellie says, my reaction to the second shingles vaccine was much more severe than after my second COVID vaccine. Interesting. Khani says, do I need the vaccine if I had COVID? That's a question for Joma. I'll give you a phone number in a second. Um, this listener says, I appreciate Dr. Minkin talked about trust. She's so right. And how do this listener says, how do we reach those people not on the web because it's evil? I'm assuming that means that the web is evil. Okay. Uh, if that's the case, you could use the uh, Joma Preventative Health Hotline. At 929-4-GIZUNT. That's 929-444-9868. That would be the aforementioned hotline that we spoke of uh, during the show. Very, very interesting. Lots of stuff going on out there, that's for sure. And plenty of opinions, that's for sure as well. 
Uh, Tuesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Rabbi, or I should say Professor Yonatan Alevi is going to be joining us from Israel coming up. And plenty more here on a Tuesday at the JM in the AM. One week from today, Aaron's Casino Farms presents our OU presentation of our Pesach products program here at JM in the AM. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars Run away, they say No one to love you as you are Don't let them break you down to dust I know that there's a place for us We are warriors When you feel afraid and you're full of doubt we're gonna send the love, we're gonna shout it out. I am brave, I am free. Take my hand and follow me. This is we. Look out, cause here we come. And we're marching on to the beat we drum. We're not scared to be seen. We make no apologies. This is we.
ארת גדולה בנות ערב, צועד במעלה השדרה, חושב על דברים שכאלה, שאחרי שקיעה יש זריחה. שוב יוצא אל הדרך, בצלילה אל תוך מחשבות. גם שלמה בשירו אל המלך, הרגיש אותם רגשות. כי מים רבים לא יוכלו לכבות את העבר. מים רבים לא יוכלו לכבות. מים רבים לא יוכלו לכבות את העבר. מים רבים, מים רבים. החוץ כבר שקע לה השמש, ובפנים נדלק לי האור. פנס שמאיר את הדרך, אליך לחזור. כמו אייל על אפיק של מים, כמו מדבר הצמא לגשמים, ושלמה שידע שבעתיים, כתב בשיר השירים, שמים רבים לא יוכלו לכבות את העבר. מים רבים לא מים רבים לא יוכלו לכבות את העבר. מים רבים, מים רבים. ואחרי שהכל כבר נגמר, מה שנשאר זה ולך בוחר לבבות. ומחר שוב השחר יאיר שם למעלה על ראש הפסגות. ואני אעמוד שם בשקט נדהם שוב לגלות שמים רבים לא יכלו לכבות את העבר. J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning broadcast. Well, uh, we, we always love the opportunity to check in with uh, people in Israel, and especially at Shari Tzedek Medical Center, a special honor for us when uh, Professor Yonatan Alevi, president of Shari Tzedek Medical Center, uh, takes a moment to join us, especially now before Pesach. We get to wish him a Chag Kasher and to find out what's happening at Shari Tzedek and in Israel in general. 
during this COVID-19 one-year-later situation. Professor Yonatan Alevi, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom uvracha. Thank you for inviting me, and hakasher v'sameach. I hate to start with cynicism, but could you address, if in fact you believe there is a connection, could you address um, the relationship between what the government of Israel might or might not do regarding restrictions and the fact that there is a national election one week from today? Well, you know, it's a political question. I am usually not involved in politics, but I think there is no doubt that all through the last year, uh, some of the government decisions were saturated with, uh, you know, uh, political interest, and it's only natural that one week before the fourth election in uh, in one and something years, uh, there will be also political decisions. But uh, I'm sure you will get to it later, what's happening in Israel is a miracle um, because of government's doing and despite certain decisions. <laughs> That's true. Uh, no question about it. Uh, the, the, the people of Israel have been beneficiaries of both the uh, incredible smarts that members of governments uh, displayed and sometimes, unfortunately, the opposite. Um, also, with, with, with Pesach rapidly approaching, and we know what the attitude was when it came to Purim and other holidays that lend themselves to large crowds. With Pesach approaching, are they taking any special precautions? Are they delaying certain decisions till after the holiday? What, what's going to be public policy over the next couple of weeks in Israel? No, the Israeli market is really opening. The schools are open, except in what we call red cities and, and uh, villages. Um, by red, I mean that there is a very high rate of COVID, but every day many, many uh, small towns and larger cities are turning from uh, red to green because what's happening in Israel is really a miracle. And the miracle was created, it's always created by Kadosh Baruch Hu, but uh, it was created also by his messengers who were the two Turkish immigrants to Germany who came up with the messenger and they vaccine. And then I must say that the officials in the Ministry of Health that started negotiating with Pfizer and Moderna at a very early stage in the epidemic, and the, the Makebe Patish, the one who ended it, is, uh, is the Prime Minister of Government. There was a widely publicized interview with Dr. Bola, the CEO, the Jewish um, of Greek origin, the CEO of Pfizer, right. a couple of days ago, and he said that the Prime Minister called him 30 times, day and night. Some of the calls were 3 a.m. in the morning, and when Bola told him, Mr. Prime Minister, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, he said, never mind, just tell me when can I start vaccinate children. Wow. So one man really has to appreciate the stamina of uh, Bibi Netanyahu in obtaining uh, this uh, big mass of vaccinations, and uh, the results are shown on a daily basis. Wow. Shari Tzedek, moved from 128 patients six weeks ago to uh, 60 patients this morning, and it's a completely different kind of patients. There is no one who was vaccinated with severe disease. So all those that arrive today, instead of 20 to 30 a day, 5 to 10 a day, less severe disease, nobody was uh, vaccinated, uh, full vaccination, and they are 
most of those who come with severe disease, and they are in very small numbers, are people who uh, did not get vaccinations and they are above the age of 16 because nobody got a vaccine under 16. The children that arrive are uh, with very mild disease. They are released home uh, immediately. Some of the children and adults come with other medical problems but they are verified for COVID-19, so they stay in uh, the COVID-19 department, right. which we call here Corona or Machlakot Keter, the, <laughs> the crown department, and um, they are there not because of the COVID-19. So it's a completely different case mix than we had a month and a half ago. Professor Yonatan Alevi is with us. Is this the first sigh of relief that your uh, staff has had in a year? Has it basically been, from the very beginning one year ago, a very, very stressful situation in the hospital? And now, finally, all these months later, your doctors and nurses are finding a little bit of relief? Well, more or less so. One has to say that the original virus, as opposed to the British variant, the British mutation, that characterized the first wave in March and April last year, including Pesach, Although there were severe restrictions, I think every Israeli remembers that last Pesach, uh, very few families celebrated together, yeah. only families that lived under one roof. Right. But in terms of the first wave, it was less severe. So there was a gradual increase in the number and severity of patients, while the second and third waves were characterized by the British variant, which is not only more infectious, but now it turns out, and scientists hesitated about it for many, many months, it turns out to be more aggressive and to cause more severe disease. So, uh, but uh, except this gradual increase where the staff were not under such strain at the beginning of the epidemic, this is definitely the state sigh of relief after at least eight months of very, very intensive work. Will I see you soon? Is it possible? Because I'd like to get to Israel at some point in May. Is it possible that they will allow people who are not Israelis to fly in, especially someone like myself who had his second vaccine last week? Yeah, well, if you had an Israeli uh, ID, you could come even now for Pesach. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I, I understand you don't. Uh, I think May sounds very reasonable. It's already that the decreasing numbers of uh, new cases is uh, stable. I mean, it's it's going down uh, uh, consistently in the last uh, three weeks. We are already three weeks after Purim and the Megillah gatherings and right. the big parties in Tel Aviv, and there is no new surge of cases. Uh, I believe there will be no lockdowns and no restrictions in Pesach, except the usual restrictions that uh, you um, under one roof there should be no more than 20. So there will not be Sdarim, Sdarim, Sidrei Pesach of more than 20 people for those who are obedient to the regulation. Right. But May, which is uh, a month after Pesach, I believe that if you will not be surprised by a new mutation, and that's why I think that the airport is closed now. It is justified. Uh, had we known that everyone who arrives will really go to a total um, uh, quarantine for two weeks, 
because open, but the main fear now is an import of a new mutation. And I think if this will not happen uh, during Pesach and the month after Pesach, I think in May you will be able to come. <laughs> Professor Jonathan Alevi is with us. Um, what about you? You know, we love get, going to Shari Tzedek for a variety of reasons. We also like to see the progress that's always being made. Now, in this country, and I think it's the same in Israel, because of the lockdowns over the last year, it did give an opportunity, and so little traffic over the last year, etc. It did give an opportunity for a lot of construction projects to make tremendous headway. Uh, was the hospital able over the last year to make progress in some of the important projects that you implemented or because it was such a stressful situation there were a lot of things had to be put on hold? No, absolutely. We made a lot of progress and this is the opportunity to thank the generosity of many of the American donors. I hope that uh, uh, some of them or many of them are listening to you. We are in advanced stage of doubling the space of our emergency room. We open a new um, ICU, uh, level B ICU in one of our internal medicine departments. And the main thing, we are making major progress in building our uh, radiotherapy and uh, oncological day center, which um, are to be opened, Bezrat Hashem, uh, mid-22, and really the COVID-19 and the generosity of friends around the world uh, and mainly in the U.S., enabled us to make this progress. So there is a silver lining to COVID-19, huh? <laughs> you were able well, to... there, are, there are also many businessmen who made a lot of money, but I think more people, <laughs> mainly middle-sized and small businesses, uh, lost a lot, and we yeah. should uh, sympathize with them. No question about it. We are trying to call people's attention to all of that, especially now before Pesach, when so many people need assistance, need help in order to get to the holiday. Well, the good news is that your staff is not nearly as strained as they were, which is great to hear. I'll take this opportunity to wish you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach, and I hope you'll convey that uh, to your amazing staff, both the uh, administration and all the wonderful doctors and nurses uh, that are taking care of everybody in Israel. And uh, halavai, halavai, uh, Professor Halevi, that, uh, that we'll be able to move forward after Pesach and toward the summer with a more of a normal, regular situation in your hospital and other hospitals, please, God. Bezrat Hashem, I will convey your messages, and I take this opportunity to wish you and all your listeners Chak Kasher V'Sameach and Psorot Tovot. Psorot Tovot and Tadaraba, and hopefully we will see you soon. That'll be one of my stops if we get to, the, uh, to Israel during this uh, planned May trip, which... Maybe it isn't as phantom a trip as I think. It'd be amazing if it really happens. Anyway, one of my stops is to make sure to see Professor Alevi. Please, God. More coming up. You're listening to, uh, what is today, a Tuesday morning edition of JM and the AM with a reminder, by the way, that both uh, Rabbi Grossman, who has a brand new uh, biography that was just written um, uh, about him, that's coming out today by Artscroll, and Rabbi Spiro, who has a brand new book to light a spark they're both going to be our guests tomorrow morning could you imagine tomorrow morning right here at jm and m and we're very much looking forward to it go to artscroll.com artscroll.com always use promo code radio if you want to save and get free shipping always use artscroll.com more coming up it's jm in the a.m
David Perlman, brand new at JM and the AM Tuesday morning broadcast. Before that, you heard the Vahisha uh, Amda done by the New York Boys Choir. Shalshalis Jr. had Tovla Hodos here at JM and the AM. Well, many of you are aware that I am a sort of a self-appointed, but not really self-appointed, because there were some people who thought it was a good idea, uh, chairman for this um, pre-Pesach 5781 idea to um, encourage random acts of chesed, that people just need to do nice things for others before Pesach, especially it's a period of time that's so hard for so many. And if you do, in fact, just alleviate a drop of the pressure that people have by bringing them a smile or bringing them a gift or bringing them cash or bringing them uh, dinner for a night or whatever the concept may be, uh, it goes a long way. And, of course, it takes two, and we've been encouraging people that when they thank you for these acts of chesed, don't don't uh, say you're welcome. Encourage them to do the same thing for somebody else before Pesach in the next week and a half. So I was told that Marvin Rosenzweig, who I know, this is how long I know Rose, uh, Marvin Rosenzweig. Not only did he grow up in Newark, he remembers the day I was born. Now, I'm going to restrict him from mentioning what day that was. <laughs> He's not allowed to say when it was. <laughs> but he actually remembers the day I was born because he was so close with my brother and so connected to the Siegel family. He actually remembers the day I was born. That's how well connected we are. So when I found out, when I found out that Marvin Rosenzweig, who's a great friend, a wonderful supporter of ours and somebody who's always encouraged us here, at JM and the AM, when I found out that he was a fan of this concept of just helping people before Pesach, I said, oh, I'm going to bring him on the air. It'll be two regular guys from Newark. We're not rabbis. We're not leaders. We're not any of that stuff. We're two regular guys, Balabatim, 
who now are going to take an active role in reminding people how important it is to reach out to others as we get closer and closer to the holiday of Pesach. Marvin Rosenzweig, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you understand your restriction. You're not allowed to mention the actual day. You can tell people that you remember the day I was born, but you're not allowed to actually mention what day it was. <laughs> I will not mention it. I will not. You're a, stick- it- you're a stickler for the rules. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I want to be, I, first of all, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to come on the program. Oh, pleasure. I want to congratulate you on becoming the chairman <laughs> of, of the program, thank of the you. campaign. And I, I want to let you know that being the chairman of the campaign that you're running as a campaign, I think you're the envy of all the chairmen of campaigns that are being run because you have a campaign right now where people have a mitzvah to do chesed. People have a mitzvah to share with others and to go out and do things for other people. Yep. And to give tzaka and to do mochitim this time of year. And, uh, and in addition to that, um, besides... Besides people being uh, obligated to do mitzvahs and things like that, you're not forcing anybody to give any money. You're just asking them to give of their their good nature, of their heart. Yep. And, which is the envy of every person who's running a campaign. You know that they don't have to push people. They don't have to do anything. And so, all these uh, leaders are looking up to you that you have such a Easy job, but it's not so easy. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. And I think one of the uh, one of the things that we're trying to emphasize is that you're right. This is not a fundraising campaign. There's no organization behind it, and we don't have people who normally are asking for money on the air to, to ask others. There are people like me and you, Mr. Marvin Rosenzweig, regular folks who just have a lot of ideas of how to reach out and do something nice for somebody. An outgrowth of the uh, fund I recommended years ago that ended up happening, uh, a fund to um, to get underprivileged families to great adventure on Cholomoid uh, Pesach. People might think, what do you mean? Why is that important? And the answer is because there are families who would never be able to have a Cholomoid outing without it, to paying for people's dry cleaning, to sending over dinner next week when every kitchen in the Jewish world is going to be turned upside down. I, whatever it is, there's so many examples of things that people go, do, could do for people who are lonely during the holiday season, for families that are large and need some of their pressure alleviated. It is an endless list of what people can do. And I just hope that, I hope people respond. I think people will re- respond to it because it's the type of thing that it's very easy to get people that you know, people that you like to go out and do something that is benefits not only the person that you're doing it for, but it benefits the person who yourself. It benefits yourself yep. in doing it. And it looks like everything that we've done over the last few weeks in the Parsha and coming into Pesach, everything is pointing towards those those things. When you do things for for other people, that it comes back to you. Just a couple of weeks ago, we read Kisisa, and Kisisa's 
uh, it's Rosh B'nai Israel, and then it has the word Benosnu. Kisi, so they use the word elevate. So it's not only giving a donation, but it, it does something for the contributors, elevating the word Kisa, to, to lift up somebody. So the contributor is lifted up by helping the other people. Yep. And then you also learn, they have the palindrome right in that pasuk, the Natsu. It's spelled forwards and backwards, the word to give when you donate. It's spelled forwards and backwards. What you give to somebody comes back. Yeah, no uh, question about it. Even the truck on top of it, which is the, the cancellation, surlating the Torah, the Kotma Vazla is in the, in the direction of going forward and coming back. So things are pointing that way. And then all of a sudden you, we have Parshat Vayaka where we gather people together. Uh, we're gathering the people together to, to, uh, to give donations to the Mishkan. And uh, and hopefully this campaign will have the same uh, success. No. Where there was an excess at the end, where it doesn't even stop by the time we get the pace up. The people will continue to do these important deeds well after Pesach is over. And hopefully, uh, one of the I, I I understand that one of the people behind the inspiration of this this idea. He's a, he's a, 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 a businessman, but he didn't just rest on his laurel, rest on his laurels and uh, of his success. But he thought about what can be done, what we can, what can we do to end this the plague that's going on. How can people get involved to do mitzvahs for other people and maybe bring an end to to the COVID plague that we're experiencing, and and. We we can learn something something that I did during the uh, during the uh, year. Yeah. Where uh, when I was when I was uh, reading the Porsche back in the summer, we were reading Porsche's Korach, and uh, there was the, the the rebellion of Korach. There was another rebellion, a smaller rebellion after the uh, Korach was was swallowed up. Right. And that plague was ended with the katoris, the incense. What happened with the incense when Moshe when Moshe went up to uh, when Moshe went up to get the Torah from from Hashem in Shemayim, the ministering angels spoke to him, and they told him there's a secret to end the plague, and one of the secrets is the katoris, mm. the incense. Mm. And I, I look at, I was trying to figure out the reason. Why would the incense be the, the vehicle to end the plague? Well, for one, this is going to go to the campaign of two. It takes two. But you have unity that's taught from the, uh, from the uh, Katoras because there were a multitude of ingredients that were involved in the Katoras. One of them, the Felbona, was, was, uh, was a foul-smelling but yet it was included in the Kintoris to show that unity is involved. That's what all of us, all of us, no matter who we are, we all have to get involved in, in uh, solving the, uh, solving the, the uh, corona problem and getting rid of the plague. And so by unity, that's one of the ways to do it. Also, one of the other things of the Kintoris was it was a uh, school for Parnassa for success. For the nice. koanim that performed the uh, the incense, but 
the, the, that performance was only, you were only allowed to do it once. You couldn't hoard it off. You had to share that with all the other koanim. So once you had it, it was done. After that, you opened it up to another kohen to participate in the uh, giving of the incense. So it's, it's giving. It's giving. It's unity. Those are things that are, help us to overcome the plague. And sure enough, at the end of the plague, and it says, the Torah says, the plague ended. So we, through unity, through giving, uh, these are s- such important things. And I, 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 I want to also mention, I started to say, with, uh, that it's easy to get people to give and to do things and not to force them, you know, not to make them give money. But it also takes motivation, and that's why you are required to participate in this game, and that's why you are the chairman of this campaign, because nobody can motivate like you. (laughs) You have have listeners that have been listening to you for years. When you run your campaign every year, people do whatever they can to give to your campaign. You you have somebody else who spoke last week. That participates in this campaign, he can he can penetrate a stone. How powerful he is when he speaks, Rabbi Kanelsky. You have everything running in your direction to help this campaign succeed. It, it, it's an amazing thing, and uh, I, I really wish it success. I have to tell you that my community already, Mosei Shabbos, has already participated in, in the mitzvah campaign in the schutz of a Rapua Shalema for one of our our uh, our congregants in the Hillside Elizabeth area, Paul Aaron Wayne, Ben Rivka, and I hope uh, our participation, my participation in this will be a schutz to his, his Rapua, but it involves rabbis, the rabbis were involved in it, the community is involved in it, and everybody is gearing up to do some sort of mitzvah, some sort of chesed to help uh, and, and, and enhance the things that we're doing. I mean, we have to do mitzvahs anyway. We have to do chesed. But to do it with a passion, uh, that enhances the, the mitzvah of what, we're do, uh, of what we're trying to do. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Marvin Rosenzweig is with us. I invited him on because we're just two regular guys trying to <laughs> try to make a difference when it comes to uh, – promoting random acts of chesed before the holiday of Pesach. Although now, now it's going to be a push to to call Marvin a rabbi with all these amazing Torah insights he has. But he's still comfortable, I believe, remaining just a regular guy trying to encourage people to do good. He mentions two, by the way. Remember our policy when it comes to two. Uh, as you know, there's this concept of paying it forward, folks. Don't wait for paying it forward. We, we don't want you to do something nice for a family, and then that family, years from now, will remember, oh, I remember that uh, this family did something nice for us for Pesach. We should try to do something in return, or when that type of situation comes up, they think of it years later. No, no, no. This is when someone thanks you for what you've done. You've paid their dry cleaning bill. You've gotten them a gift card at a supermarket that's going to help them for Pesach. You've bought them a book because you know they're going to be lonely over Yuntif. You you b- b- sent candy to their house because the kids are going to love it as a Yuntif treat. Whatever you've done, whatever you brought a smile to their face, whatever the case may be, because it doesn't have to cost money, whatever you've done, when they call to thank you, simply say to them, don't thank me. Just do something 
nice for someone else in the community before Pesach. Don't wait to pay it forward days, months, or years. Let's make sure it gets done now, before next Friday night, before Shabbos HaGadol starts. And that's the whole purpose of this campaign. Think of innovative ways to help other people get through the next uh, the next few pressure-filled days before Yuntif. Simple as that. And Marvin, the idea that you just had, community getting together in the schus of somebody to to work together to um, to to um, shake the heavens on behalf of a refuah shlema. That's a wonderful idea, and I hope that communities and families and individuals hop on this campaign and think carefully what they could do. Don't think too much. Jump into action, folks. Don't think too much. But they think and then jump into action to do something for other people. And I can't... I also want, yeah, sure. I also want to encourage, especially, although I've had many, many kids all the friends of my kids, I've had met many people stay at my house while they were going to school with Berea and JC right. over the years, and they're from all over the state. Um, I want to tell my kids, I want to tell all the children that stayed at my house, came to the house for uh, spend time at the house, to get in, get get onto the campaign. Tell all your friends, tell all your family, all of us. Many of us have family in Israel. Yeah. We can we could spread this through the world. You call somebody in Israel, you tell them to participate in doing a mitzvah or a chesed. Not only that, there are people from all over the world living in Israel. They can call back to the countries that they came from, to relatives and friends that are still in those countries. So this campaign can go far and wide. Yeah. It doesn't have to end just here in this uh, small area that we're in. Hey, true. All it takes is a phone call. Make a phone call to a friend. Get them on board. Have them have them participate. Do a chesed. Do a mitzvah. Hey, help somebody. A true international campaign. Marvin, I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for your encouraging words, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. And I wish you and your family, of course, a chag kasher v'sameach. And it's an honor to know you all these decades. I also want to wish you a chag kasher and sameach to you, your family, and to all of the listeners. And I just wanted to give a special shout-out, uh, a wish from Rabbi Schwartz from my community. He has that the success of this campaign stretch far and wide. Amen. Thank you so much, Marvin. Marvin Rosenzweig, everybody. And the more far and the more wide it goes, the more people are helped. And the more kindness endorphins kick in. Have you ever read about this, folks? Kindness endorphins? You do something nice for somebody, what it does to you physically? Literally, it has a physical, a positive physical effect on you. For that reason alone, it's a good idea to do it. Forget about all the other things. Anyway, I thank Marvin Rosenzweig, who remembers the day I was born even though he's now restricted from revealing when that was. <laughs> I mean, if you really pressure him, you know. <laughs> like if you walk over to him and say, you know what, Marvin, if you tell me the day he was born, I'll give a major donation to JM and the AM. He may change his mind. He might find that, you know, worthwhile to violate the policy. But <laughs> other than that, I don't know. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM and the M. You think, listen to what's happening tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour. Both Rabbi Grossman, both Rabbi Grossman and Rabbi Spiro are going to join us. The biography of Rabbi Grossman coming out today from Artscroll. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. Rabbi Spiro's brand new book, To Light a Spark, is already out. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. I mean, my gosh. Just amazing. These shows just keep getting better and better, I am proud to say. A week from today, Aaron's Casino Farms presents our OU Pesach Products program. It's one week from today. Email your questions, nahum at nahumsegal.com. Use subject line Pesach. Simple as that. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 